Stalwart presents Dracula. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Dr. Arthur Seward. I'm here tonight to bear witness to the reality of certain events, which you may find it hard to believe, but I ask you to believe them. I have here certain documents, telegrams, clippings from the press of the day, memoranda and letters from various people that will convince you to believe this tale, despite the difficulty it may be to believe these things they stand forth as simple fact. I present you first with excerpts from the private journal of Jonathan Harker in the year 1891. I, Jonathan Harker, a real estate clerk from Exeter, England, am writing this journal in the hope that if misfortune overtakes me, my loved ones may one day read this account. It began when I set out from London on the last day of April to visit one of our clients in Eastern Europe. He has tasked us with purchasing a home for him in England. I go to visit him, to have him sign the necessary papers. I arrived in Budapest and came after nightfall to the border of Transylvania. At Bistris, there was a letter of welcome for me, from our client, informing me that his carriage would await me at Borgo Pass. It was signed, Dracula. This is the coach for Bukovina. Everyone headed for Bukovina, climb aboard. We leave in five minutes. The road was rough, but still we seemed to fly over it with feverish haste. When it grew dark, there seemed to be some nervousness among the passengers. They kept speaking to the driver, looking at me and and urging him on with greater speed. The crazy coach rocks from its great leather springs. The mountains seemed to come nearer to us on either side. Sir, what, what is it? Where are we? We are nearing your destination, young man. This is the Borgo Pass. I hope your friend is there to pick you up. I'd hate to leave you here alone at night. His last comment unnerved me. There are black, rolling clouds overhead, and in the air, the heavy, oppressive sense of thunder. We go through the Borgo Pass. I'll only wait ten minutes, and then I must go on. We sat there in eerie silence for two or three minutes. My apprehension grew. You are early tonight, my friend. The voice startled me, for a coach with four horses had silently drawn up beside us. Let me help you, sir. The coachman smiled, and the lamplight fell on a hard-looking mouth with berry red lips and sharp-looking teeth as white as ivory. We began to move. I looked back. The coach with its load of passengers had vanished from sight. We swept into the darkness of the pass. It was within a few minutes of midnight. Then, a dog began to howl somewhere far down the road. The wind was rising, moaning and whistling through the rocks, and the branches of the trees crashed together as we swept along. It grew colder and colder still, and fine, powdery snow began to fall. The baying of wolves sounded nearer and nearer, as if as if they were closing round on us from every side. 
We kept on ascending the mountain, always ascending. The howling of wolves was growing less. Presently, it ceased altogether. And just then, the moon broke through the black clouds, and by its light I saw all round us a ring of wolves running alongside the carriage, in silence, with white teeth and lolling red tongues, with long, sinewy limbs and shaggy hair. Welcome to my house. I must have fallen asleep. The carriage had pulled up in the courtyard of a large, ruined castle. The coachman was nowhere to be seen. Welcome to my house. Come freely, go safely, and leave something of the happiness you bring. Count Dracula? I am Dracula. The face was strong, very strong, aquiline. The mouth, so far as I could see it under the heavy white mustache, was wide and rather cruel-looking, with peculiarly sharp white teeth. <laughs> you hear them, Mr. Harker? The, the wolves? The children of the night. As you say, Mr. Harker, the wolves. Listen. <laughs> Come now. There are many things you must tell me tomorrow. Of England and of the estate you have purchased for me there. Ah, yes. The estate is called... Carfax, I believe? Yes, that's so. Excellent. I will detain you no longer. You will find your room in readiness. And I advise you not to leave it during the night. This castle is on the very edge of a terrible precipice. A stone falling from the window would fall a thousand feet without touching anything. I explored. There are doors everywhere, all of them locked. The door to the great hall, the door to the courtyard, every door in the castle is closed, bolted against me. Castle Dracula is a prison, and I am a prisoner. The next night I could not sleep. So after a few hours I got up and, lighting my candle, I placed my shaving mirror on the dressing table and was just beginning to shave. You feel rested, Mr. Harker? I had not seen him, although the reflection of the glass covered the whole room behind me. I turned to the glass again. Count Dracula was close to me, and I could see him over my shoulder, but there was no reflection of him in the mirror. I flinched and cut myself on the side of my throat. The blood trickled down my neck. The blood. The blood. Wipe the blood from your face, Mr. Harker. And take care how you cut yourself. It is more dangerous than you think in this country. He turned and walked away, almost vanishing. The next morning, when I awoke, I found most of my belongings were gone. My passport, my notes, my letter of credit. I could find no trace of them anywhere, and my door was locked from the outside. Today, there is work of some kind going on in the castle. Now and then I hear the far-away muffled sound of mattock and spade. I confronted my captor. Count Dracula! Yes, my young friend? What of me? When am I free? When can I leave this place? Free? Mr. Harker, you are always free. You want to leave? Would you like to leave tonight? 
Yes, yes, in God's name. My dear young friend, not an hour shall you wait in my house against your will. Come, follow me. He led me through the hallways and down the long stairs to the great doors to the courtyard. As you will, Mr. Hager. You English have a proverb which is very close to my heart. Welcome the coming, speed departing guests. Good night, Mr. Harker. Shut the door! Shut the door! Shut the door! The door is shut, Mr. Harker. I take it you will remain? These may be the last words I ever write in this diary. God preserve my sanity. I think it strange that I have never seen Count Dracula by day. At sunrise, at the first cock crow, he is gone. I don't understand these things. I only know that he is a man with hair on the palms of his hands, with sharp teeth and no blood in his face. He casts no shadow. He cannot be seen in a mirror, and he moves like a bat across the sheer face of the castle walls. I have never seen him eat, and he is mortally afraid of the crucifix. As I write this, I hear in the courtyard the rolling of heavy wheels and cracking of whips, and there is in the passageway below a sound of heavy boxes being set down, boxes shaped like coffins, and I know what they hold. The boxes are filled with holy earth from the chapel beneath the castle. The last box is now being nailed down, and now I hear the heavy feet tramping again. The door is shut, and the chains rattle. I hear in the courtyard and down the rocky way the roll of heavy wheels and the cracks of whips. Help! 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 The, the wagons have gone! I'm alone in the castle! I'm alone in the castle! Oh, alone in the castle! I'm, I'm alone! I'm alone! I'm alone! I'm alone.